Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another money show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, folks. Your hosts, Anthony Correo, JR Rochford getting over our 4th of July holiday weekend. We're recording on Wednesday the 5th for you. Uh, we are taking a break from our day-to-day as financial advisors with Rochford & Associates, a fully independent fourth-generation family practice right here in Sun City, Arizona. Uh, we're aware that the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. How are you doing up in Snowflake, Jer? I am doing well. So we are statewide. We like to tell people, if you give us a little bit of notice, we'll come to you. If you are anywhere near Sholo, Heber, Overgard, Concho, Taylor, Snowflake, we really want to come see you because we have a home office up in Snowflake. So I am up here for the week. The weather is nice. Yesterday, the high got to 99 degrees, which... I understand it got to, what, 115 in the valley, so I'll yeah, take it. Yeah, it was 99 degrees at 11 p.m. at night here, so uh, I think you're in much better shape still. That's a tough one. Up here, you know, one good thing about the White Mountains, it does cool off at night, so you can open the windows, you get a little break. I mean, we don't even have an air conditioner here. We have a swamp cooler only, and it does a great job. I mean, it, it carries us, so it is good. So we had a good 4th of July, went up to Holbrook. If you've ever heard about the fireworks in Holbrook, they are outstanding. So your your cousins, Jan and Bobby, went with us, and they said that they were a little bit better than the, the fireworks in Hebrew Overgard. And so it was just fun. A uh, good time to remind people that this country, I mean, we, we are a constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. So I like to throw that out once in a while, let people look that up and see what that means. Um, I'm watching a lot, even up here, you know, I'm always reading and listening and watching. I'm reading a lot about France. So I know before COVID, we got to learn about rioting in France with the yellow, the, with the yellow vests, kind of a mess over there. And then it died down. And then you heard about it, what, about six, I don't know, maybe six, 10 months ago. And it was because they were raising their retirement, their pension age. You know, like if they change our age from 62 to 64, you know, would people riot here? I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure, but over there they are. And then it, it kind of, you know, we don't get a lot of that in our news here. You have to go to the BBC. You have to go to Australian news. You have to go to different countries to see the news if you want global or international news. So then some on last weekend, a 17-year-old of Moroccan and Algerian descent, a young man, was shot and killed. It was a traffic stop. And apparently this guy has a little bit of a sketchy past for a 17-year-old. He's driving a yellow Mercedes-Benz traffic stop. He gets shot and killed and the city goes nuts. So it's, it's kind of growing legs. 
I counted 11 articles yesterday. This was yesterday on the 4th of July, 11 articles on the mainstream news, MSN, those things. And it it looks like it's getting kind of out of hand. It's spreading across the whole country. Belgium started riding on their side of the fence. I mean, so, you know, it's growing legs. And the reason that this should matter to us, you know, if it should, could it ever come here? You know, we, we once in a while, we bring up the 10 pillars. Pillar number nine is geopolitical missteps. Could something happen in the world that causes the whole world to get sketchy? I mean, you and I think it could be a financial problem. We've got a global debt problem. We've got a problem with derivatives. We've got all these different problems. Banking. We were talking about New Zealand and Australia just two weeks ago. Number 10 is civil war. You know, could the world go into civil war? Could this country, could the United States of America go into civil war? You know, like, and that's what's going on in France. I mean, it's clearly going on in France. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I look at it like we're ripe. And I, I look at things this week, you know, we're all kind of patriotic for, you know, one day of the year. You know, could what's going on in France come here? How would it affect my finances? Well, it didn't already. I mean, that was kind of the George Floyd thing. I mean, so yes. it's not like this is that far-fetched. It, or, it already happened here. It is funny. I mean, France is constantly having riots. I do think the pension age is the one that kind of mattered the most. I, like, I think at least um, from a financial standpoint, I mean... We tell you on this show all the time how broke our system is, how we don't have money. Do you think anybody's going to take to the streets if they say we have to go from 62 to 65 here? Well, and, you know, out of the last 15 years, there have been three times that Social Security did not do a cost of living adjustment. They didn't give us a raise. And I thought that's really going to affect people. You know, the rich are going to be fine. The poor are going to hover. The middle class is, is shrinking perpetually. And I thought that would wake people up. It didn't. I had a couple people bring it up to me, and this was before you were in the office, Anthony, so you didn't get the, the joy of hearing a couple people bring it up, but it, it, there was no outcry. And we know that every year the costs of goods and services go up, whether it's transitory, whether it's, you know, whenever you want to call the inflation, there's always inflationary pressure. And there, there was really nothing. If things happen here, once you affect people's money enough to where they have to make a choice between foods and medicines, maybe. I mean, it, it'll be interesting. And I think w- what would the catalyst be for us to have this kind of, you know, a French-like, you know, revolution, a <laughs> French revolution here? Yeah. The political division. You know, we're already hot and heavy into the 2024 election season. If you're hearing about JFK Jr., you're hearing about Biden and can he, you know, stay cognitively relevant. You know, Trump is running, DeSantis. It's already heated up. I have noticed an increase in the mass shootings again. And I think about that, the mass shootings. I mean, it's so ridiculous. I mean, people are on edge, they're tense. If that starts happening more in more cities, you know, over the weekend, what, it was Philadelphia last weekend. If that grows legs and then the government tries to expand their overreach again and they go to seize weapons, I think overnight, you know, this country's going to fall into into disrepair, (laughs) to say it mildly. But I don't know. You know, we're always watching for a black swan event. You know, we're always watching for what could take everything and change it. Maybe it's France. Maybe that keeps growing. If that makes its way to Switzerland, to Germany, to other countries, maybe it gets global. I don't know. I know we have a way, way, way bigger story here in the United States. I don't know if you're hearing about it yet, Anthony, but last Sunday they had to evacuate the White House. Did you hear about that? Possibly. Fill me in. See if we're talking about the same story because the one I'm thinking of. Oh, is we are. We are. There's nothing more important we can get to today than the big cocaine saga. Fairly Hunter Biden hit the house. Yeah, this morning as I'm as I 
And I and I heard something last night, but I just I blew it off because I'm like, oh, for Pete's sake, you know this this is not news. <laughs> I find a couple of different news sources. Yeah, I, how much cocaine do you have to have to evacuate the White House? And and I guess my other question was there a dead body next to it? I mean, come on, you don't evacuate if it's anthrax. Sure, sure, let's evacuate red cocaine. I would think they would dump a little bit of it and see if you can tell the difference. Yes, probably and pretty quick. Don't evacuate. Right. Yes. <laughs> Don't evacuate. Invite people over yeah, and have a party. Why aren't yes. we doing that for uh, you know to try to bring both political sides together? Just big party, lots of drugs. You know, make everybody feel better. Right, and the amount of money that we've pumped into Ukraine. Do you know how much drug money? You know how much cocaine we could have for the entire country? We're not advocating drug use, by the way. Those are solely, solely the opinions of Jim Terabokio. That's not ours. Jim keeps trying to cocaine, and how do we get some? So, well, moving on. I mean, I don't look be... in Florida. I'm pretty sure they just give that stuff away down there. Oh yeah, yeah. Jim lives his life like Miami Vice is still going on, which, and I respect that. Jim's wearing a sport coat today. So, back to more more serious news. Let's leave France and come back to this country for a minute. So, something that I've been reading lately. You know, I try as much as I can to bring you terms to look up. I always want you to have something to research and see, and see if it's relevant. You know, when we talked about CEI, we always talk about ESG. We talk about executive orders. You know, we give you all these things. The newest one that I've been kind of keeping my eye on for the last month, you know, I, I finally think maybe things are starting to tie together where things are going global and international for the control of the world, literally. And the newest one that I'm watching, you, you might want to look up USG. L-C, U-S-G-L-C. I'm not going to say much about it. You know, I, mean, I want people to look it up. You know, I know, Anthony, your answer is always, well, tell me about it, so I don't have to look it up. No, I want people to look it up. It's just a conglomeration of different states in this country and different large corporations, for example, Pfizer, Coca-Cola. So these corporations are talking about how to make the world a better place. And it's very focused on women. A lot of these these organizations lately we're finding are focused on how to empower women. And I, I'm not sure why. I mean, and I'm fine with it. I don't I, don't, I really don't care. I mean, I, anybody that can do a good job in this world, do a good job. I and mean, I don't care what you are. So, but I just, this USGLC, I don't know enough yet about how it interties with other organizations, but I think it does. So I'll be watching it. I hope people look it up. So let's go, let's switch gears for a second, if that's okay. The next thing I had on my little cheat sheet here, I actually am sticking with my outline today. Well, except the cocaine thing. That was an impromptu segment of today's show. So just a surprise. Oh, are there any? You know, just happened. <laughs> it's like at the White House. Right. And by the way, that was Sunday. That was Sunday. Today, as we record, is Wednesday. How on earth am I just hearing about this last night and this morning? You know, how, how do you hide? We had a big transgender festival at the White House a couple weeks ago. And, and some of it seemed like it was kind of inappropriate behavior, you know, for the, the highest house in the land. Oh, so, yeah, but that came right away. Come on. Well, I, but it's still the White House, Anthony. There still has to be some decorum and some rules and some, you know, do, do we need, do we still need these old white, you know, gray haired men? I, I don't, I'm just not saying that. But I also don't think you should have people stripping on the lawn of the White House. Just, just me. So, <laughs> to switch gears for a moment, back to my list, banks. My very favorite subject. So, banks, I don't know how much you want me to go into it again today, but 
the banks are still in trouble. Act accordingly. I'm going to say that every week until I'm not worried about the banks. We have asked you to look up the term bail-in repeatedly. I've been doing that for about 10 years, telling people that there's a chance that we could have a Greece-style bail-in here, you know, and fast forward. I mean, look at Argentina, Brazil, Venezuela, you know, you name it. You know, you, you brought up the fact that when I was worried, what, two weeks ago about Australia and New Zealand, you know, I didn't even pick up on the fact that that is truly a bail-in. If I have so much money in the bank, but yet I can only withdraw so much money from the bank, that's a bail-in. They've seized yeah. my money. And I want to talk about that, too, because we had that conversation about being bail-in. And I looked up all those news articles because I reached out to you afterwards, and everything said it was an ATM. It just limited what you bring from the ATM, which is, you know, not a huge deal. We have those here. However, when you go on the bank's website itself, it never categorizes as ATM. It just said withdrawals. So I'm still not even fully sure how that's working over there. But if it is just total withdrawals and it doesn't matter how you make that transaction, then yeah, that is a bail-in. Again, it doesn't affect anybody here. It's just a precursor for things to come, at least how we see it. That's, that is how we see it. I mean, you know, we're watching the entire world. And this country, I believe we are still in the quiet before the storm. I do not believe things are going to be as they are today, two years from today. You know, but and, and a few more things on the bank, and then we have to, you know, dip our toe in the Fed now water. But a couple of things about the bank. Part of why I wanted to get to that quickly today, I was reading, probably like you were too, in the last couple of weeks, they did another big stress test for the banks to see how they would react if we had a, a recession or whatever. And they basically said that 23, these big banks they tested, they all passed. All of the banks passed. And we don't have to worry about them. A couple things for you. You know, we've been asking you to go on FDIC.gov, pay special attention to the section on DIF, the Depositor Insurance Fund. So they are broke. They have roughly 1% coverage for your money. If you have under $250,000 and you feel warm and fuzzy because you have FDIC insurance, I promise you, if it is needed across the board, you don't have it. That's all I want to tell you about that. But anyway, so the stress test, so these banks passed. I was like, oh, good, good. So I should have confidence again that the banking system is sound. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. The same people that did this stress test, didn't they miss Silicon Valley Bank? Didn't they do a stress test and miss SVB right before it took a dump? Of course. for effect. Yeah, of course they did. They, you know, everybody's bought and paid for. It's a crooked system. The banks, the government, the media... I mean, everybody is, for some reason, with this agenda, and I just, my whole thing is, how does it end? You know, what what is our end game for this show? We want you prepared, not scared. We want you proactive, not reactive. The first step to accomplishing those things, we have to have you awake, aware, and nimble. We have to have you positioned the best you can for your particular, your position, with one person, one family, one couple at a time. That's that's all we're trying to do here. We're trying to sound alarms. So if things go the way that they look like they may go, you are ready. And if you so. want um, a second opinion on your financial situation, if you want to learn how you can prepare uh, yourself for whatever may you know, come in the future, you can find us at anothermoneyshow.com or reach out to us directly at team 
at anothermoneyshow.com. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think most of the financial planning, you know, we s- talk about all the things that could happen, whether they do or don't, you know, we don't know. We don't have a crystal ball, but there's a lot of, there's a pattern. There's a pattern of disconnect where actions don't have consequences. Things just, everything is just making money, but there's no foundation. There's nothing that makes sense. So I mean, I've I've set up my personal position, and we may actually talk about that later in the show, but I actually don't care. You know, I'm not affected at all if the market crashes by 90% tomorrow. I mean, of course, everybody's going to be affected because it'll have a tidal wave effect. Um, you know, recessions, layoffs, all that stuff. Well, I mean, we're doing with all, we're dealing with massive amounts of layoffs right now, even though supposedly everything's wonderful and all these companies are making a you know all-time record profits yet they're still laying a bunch of people off because you know they have to to survive to keep the company strong no they don't they're firing people because it's good for business they don't care about individuals um but i mean from my financial standpoint if the market fell 90 percent, i'm not in the hole i'm not you know it doesn't affect me the little bit that i have in stocks i could lose 100 percent of that and then it doesn't affect my, uh, you know, net worth. And I think that's important, especially as you get towards retirement. Do you want that kind of volatility? Do you want to have to be worried and dependent on what other people's actions? Or do you want to be kind of left alone? I mean, obviously, as financial advisors, we went over this last week, like, we make more money when you invest with us. You know, you've seen those commercials where we make money when you make money. I was like, yeah, but we also make money when you lose money too. They don't ever really clarify that part. Um, But yeah, but gathering assets by investing for other people, that's how we make a living. Our office is very adamant about getting people out of debt because it's so much easier to cut costs than it is to increase income. So if you came in with, you know, came in and said, I got $50,000 I want to invest, but you got 30000 in credit card debt, then you don't have 50000 to invest. You have 20000 to invest. You know, getting out of debt, getting under, out of, getting under the radar, I was going to get there eventually. Getting out of debt, getting under the radar is the single best thing we think you can do, especially in times of volatility. And we've seen a little bit of volatility the last few years, but we think it's going to be significantly worse. So the least amount you can owe to anybody is the best way to be, I think, at least. Look at you, little Dave Ramsey Jr. Oof, so, don't you know, me. Yeah. you're 100% correct. Debt-free is the way to go. And people talk about inflation. I mean, what's the best way to hedge your personal situation against inflation? Cash flow. Increased cash flow. If gas costs more, if food costs more... And I don't have a $1,500 mortgage. That cushions everything else I'm buying. So, yeah, we want you debt-free. And I talk about it all the time. You know, a realistic example, it happens all the time, usually with younger people, but not always. Somebody comes in with, say, $10,000 in their emergency fund at the bank, which, be careful. So, and then they have, you know, $5,000 in credit card debt. Before we even talk about the Roth IRA or generational wealth transfer via life insurance or any of those things, we talk about why, why are you carrying this credit card debt? You know, you've got ten grand over here. You owe five grand over here. Well, what if I? Well, you know, what if I pay that off and I only have five grand over here, and then I need an air conditioner or I have an emergency? Then you go right back to the credit card. 
repositioning assets for a more favorable result. That's what that's about. So, but you are you are correct. We want to improve your situation for uncertain times. Right now, we are clearly not in uncertain times. You know, I look at the Dow Jones this morning, the Teflon Dow flying high again. We're at what? You know, I, I looked overnight, we're at like 34,400. It's just insane. I mean, you know, look at before COVID, look at 2020, say January, February, and look at now. This thing's not moving, you know, and, and people's 401ks, when money goes down, it goes a lot faster than it goes up. Have you noticed that? What's the old thing? Money takes the elevator down and the stairs up. So it, well, it's weird. It works. It used to be up until, uh, I don't know, these last few, I guess you take 2020 out of the, No, especially if you leave 2020 in the mix when it dropped in March and it's just shot up since then. But that was all the manipulation, all the printed money from the Fed. And speaking of the Fed, Fed now we've been brought bringing up as the platform in which um, the digital currency will be released. That was supposed to be um, launched on the 1st, wasn't it? I thought initially yes. they said that it was going to be July 1st. Yes, now it's what, the 25th? I don't think they've set an exact date. They're just saying late July. But we're getting confirmation that 57 um, institutes are, I think, certified and ready to go. Uh, 41 banks, 15 service providers. So I'm just, I am don't know exactly what service provider means. Maybe that means like PayPal, something like that. But right. again, this isn't the digital currency itself, but it is essentially the platform in which that will be released. Because what it's doing is every single transaction you make from here on out, you know, once this is completely uh, integrated into our system, means it'll go from your bank to the Fed to the bank of, uh, you know, wherever you're transferring money. So it's interesting. It's something to watch. I mean, what is what is the significance of this? I mean, it, I don't really know, but I do think it's laying the groundwork for what we're going to see to come. So... They pushed back that date. I know we've mentioned it a bunch of times on this show, so we will be following that through the rest of the month for sure. Well, and you know what? The the thing is that they're saying this is going to be convenience. This is going to be instantaneous. Well, if you hand me a dollar, that's instantaneous too. I mean, all this is to me, at at the best, this is just more big government. This is bigger government. I mean, how, how are we happy on how they've overseen the post office for as far as I can remember? A lot of people would say no. And now they're going to handle every single financial transaction in this country. You know, and I admit I'm the tinfoil hat guy. I mean, I am much more a conspiracy theorist, open-minded kind of guy than you are. I'm also older. I've seen a little bit more. And I'm just, I'm a little bit more cynical. I'm a little bit more half empty. I get that. That's how I am. That's that's how I'm made. And I I think that we are eventually going to get Chinese style social credit scores. I, I think this country is on a dangerous path. You know, the, the people that just want to be left alone, like me, we are we are being outnumbered by the people that make all the noise. We're being outnumbered by the government. So I, I don't know. A lot of people now think the government's the answer. You know, you get a lot yes. of people, no, we want more government oversight. We want more government rules to try to Especially make your age. Especially younger people, the people my age want to be left the hell alone. And I, you know, people that talk about you want to go real extreme, they talk about socialism, 
you know, we, we want to have democratic socialism, which is like socialism with sprinkles on it. And it's just a, it's, you know, it's just a fluffier, I, what the heck? I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's very, the direction we're going, I think is scary. And I think it all leads to basically a reset. You know, this country where this, this week was our 247th birthday, 247 years. You talk fairly often about the lifespan of a world reserve currency. I mean, you know, we need to talk about the length of, of nations. You know, we, we've been a very, very powerful success story. But when you look at the corruption, when you look at everything going on right now, it seems to me like we are cycling to where it's, it's not going to be as good. And, and I, you know, I mean, I keep saying little stuff, realtors. I think you need to make sure that you're, you know, dusting off your manual on short sales and foreclosures again. You know, I don't think the housing market is going to stay the way it is now. I get it. Low inventory. You know, some pockets are changing now, but a lot are not. I mean, we're in Phoenix, Anthony. There, there's no homes for sale. And the ones there are, they're really, really, really expensive. And then you couple that now with these 6 to 7% interest rates, and it just, it prohibits movement. You know, I do, and nothing stays the same. If you're having a crappy day, hang in there. You know, tomorrow will be a better day. If you're having a great day today, don't be too cocky. Tomorrow's going to suck. I mean, that, that's life. Things cycle. And well, I, I don't know if we brought it up last week, but didn't Janet Yellen have a conference saying that we need to be aware that uh, the devaluation of the dollar and being pushed out of the world reserve currency? Like she yes. kind of flat out said that. I know you yes. hear it from us all the time, but who are JR and Anthony and why should I care? But maybe you listen to the Secretary of Treasury. Granted, I mean, I think we're still 58% of the total world reserve currency. I mean, that's a, a pretty sizable amount. I think the yen is about 3%, but we dropped 8% last year. Yeah. Well, and, and think, about think about what you and I just read the last couple of days. Shout out to our buddy Michael C. in Sun City. As usual, he was talking about the, the countries that are going, that are applying to go into the BRICS. You know, the BRICS, that was what? Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa? It, yep. <laughs> oh, excuse me. 41. 41 new countries. Yes, it was 19 in April. Now it's 41. So it's not the BRICS anymore. It's it's forcing the U.S. to deal with less commerce. And it's happening so rapidly. So I kind of think everything is falling into place. You know, why do I bring up these big organizations? You know, I, because somebody is going to have to take control of this world. And, and I don't think that it's going to be the United States of America anymore. So and I, that's not to say it's good or bad. I mean, you know, maybe we do need to push a reset button in this country. You know, I, I don't know, but I can tell you changes are afoot. But with that said, why don't we tell people how they can find us and let's take a little break. Well, first of all, I want to close up what we were saying, because we talked about France earlier. France is one of those countries too, considering going over to BRICS. So this isn't just, you know, 41 no name countries that, you know, you probably couldn't point out a map. I mean, these are some big players that are getting ready to change. Um, uh, so anyways, with that, like we said, uh, you can find us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Uh, find us on the web at anothermoneyshow.com. You can listen to past episodes if you want to hear us talk about FedNow, failing banks, FDIC, all that fun stuff. Um, we've got a history of talking about this, and you can listen to all of our past uh, episodes wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts or directly from our website. I'm pretty sure they are there, too. So last week, 
Um, I mentioned uh, Jeff Bezos. I was going to talk about him for a little bit. And then totally space because we got sidetracked. So when we come back, I'm going to bring up uh, the little bit that I wanted to talk about then. Uh, maybe we talk a little bit more about uh, the failing currency of the world um, and how we're, we are very naive to think that we'll continue to be the world power that um, you know you and I grew up in. Um, but that's all after this commercial break. We'll be right back. Remember, all of JR and Anthony's listeners receive a free financial consultation just for listening to the show. Visit anothermoneyshow.com to learn more and schedule an appointment. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Another Money Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you being here, especially on this kind of holiday week area of your life. Um, You know what? Before we went into break, Anthony, you forgot to bring up our YouTube channel. So get them used to our little YouTube clips because Doug is doing a great job and they're very exciting and fast paced. And if that piques people's interest, then they can hear more on the podcast or on the show. Anthony, right before the break, you said you wanted to air out. What was it? Was it about uh, Musk oh, Jeff or Bezos. Jeff Bezos? What is yeah. Jeff Bezos going to fight Zuckerberg now? Is it a Musk yeah, or what? Which wish. Three-way uh, cage match. Yes. Oh, I'm so in. Pay-per-view is going to go nuts. <laughs> so what's so, up? Do you have any- why I brought that up, you know, we've played a clip a couple of times, right? Because, of course, if you've listened to any of these shows, you've you've heard our opinions on the stock market, right? And there's such a disconnect, all the manipulation. And, you know, the stock market is not the company. The company is not the stock. So, again, Anthony, JR, who are these guys? Why should I care about their opinion? But there's a clip of Jeff Bezos saying this. Um, in the early 2000s, after Amazon went from like $100 a share to down to like $6 a share. And he's being interviewed and he's asked, hey, are you, you know, are you worried about this? And Bezos says no, because he flat out says the stock is the stock, the company is the company. Our company is doing great, but our company can't dictate what a stock does. It doesn't matter how great a company is doing. People can do dumb things with the stock and under-evaluate. Or... Um, they can do dumb things and overevaluate. It's kind of what we're seeing in the market right now. If you remember, right, 2020, a little thing called COVID, if you guys are familiar with that, and Zoom blew up, and Zoom became a household name when I'd never heard of Zoom before. Have you heard of, had you, JR, had you ever heard of that company? No, no, not before COVID. I would say most people had not. That one, turns out there are two Zooms that are publicly traded companies, and they had to shut trading down because people were buying the wrong company. So they were skyrocketing a stock that was not what they thought it was. So again, I, I can't stress this enough. People are really dumb when it comes to the stock market and how all of this stuff works. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense, but people just keep buying it. Like a Ponzi scheme, if you buy into it, it'll make money, whether there's justification for it or not. Again, that movie Dumb Money is coming out, I think, uh, sometime this summer. Um, it looks amazing, but that's going to be about that. And that one's, I was really upset when I heard about what was happening at first because, like, why are people buying this stock for a company that's not doing well? Then I realized why they were doing it to fight the short sellers because the short sellers have to purchase stock, which in turn, if you keep the prices up, could skyrocket, which is exactly what they did. So that was kind of genius. Um, check out that movie. 
or reach out to us at team at anothermoneyshow.com if you want to hear my rant about GameStop, because I'm sure we've done a few episodes on that. But anyways, after hearing that clip of Bezos, I've really gotten a new appreciation for him, because I think a lot of CEOs, politicians, these, you know, people are telling us things are okay when they're not. Um, but I feel like Bezos had a real realistic sense of, no, the company is the company of stock. He's flat out saying the stock's, they can go up and down the stock market. It's it's done. It doesn't have anything to do with what the company's doing. But there's a clip going around recently again from a, a speech he gave, and I think it was 2018, but he said, I predict one day Amazon will fail. Amazon will go bankrupt. He sent, essentially explains that the lifespan of large companies is typically 30 plus years, not 100 years. I mean, and this is, could you imagine the world right now without Amazon. Amazon is everywhere. Amazon is everything. And they spread out to so many different markets. I mean, it's really hard to imagine a fall of a company that big. Yet here is the guy who started the company, runs the business, has created this empire. And he's saying, the odds are we're not going to be around for forever. We're going to go bankrupt. Something's going to go wrong. And that just, even more of a greater appreciation for him to come out and say that because it's true. You know, we just spent the first segment of this show talking about America and the, the fall of the dollar. You know, the fall of the dollar could be the fall of the country. You know, historically, the world reserve currency changes. The Ottoman Empire, the Roman Empire, Mongolian, like there were all these empires and great nations. Uh, you know, the Spanish, the British uh, were all world powers at some point, and they're not anymore. I mean, a lot of them are all still big players but they're not world powers at the U.S. level. So it's very naive to think that we're going to be that way for forever, to think our dollar is going to be this way for forever. And again, Amazon's the biggest country in the world, or the biggest country in the world, the biggest company in the world right now, pretty much its own country at this point, with probably what it's worth. But he's saying that, you know, there's, don't count on this being the future for forever. I mean, we have a lot of listeners in Sun City, if you're one of them. Think of all the companies you grew up with. Montgomery Ward, J.C. Penney, Sears. I mean, would you ever have imagined those companies Kmart. not be here today? Blue Light Special at Kmart. Those were the days. You know, what's, what's uh, another one just changed? Bed Bath & Beyond. You know, that's done. Bed Bath & Beyond is done. Now it is part of Overstock.com is my understanding. So, and explain to all of the employees in the Bed Bath & Beyond stores you know, what are they going to do next for work? Because now it's all online at overstock.com. Yeah, things are changing rapidly. Did you send me this article or I don't know if I just read it. And it probably came from Mike C. Let's be honest, Oliver. It seems like everything <laughs> we have right now just comes from him. I can't even remember which stuff I look up on my own anymore. But I just read something about they're saying that about 33, right around a third of the companies out there right now are in a state of disarray where they're being watched and they're kind of on the, the verge of bankruptcy. You know, a lot of them are taking out loans to stay uh, ahead cash heavy. But could you imagine that? A third of the companies right now. And again, we're still not even really reaching turmoil. We said there's massive amounts of layoffs going on. However, we're also seeing surges and all-time highs in profits. So there's a lot of people out there making a bunch of money. It's obviously not the employees. But there is money being made still right now. We're still not in these dark times that we keep saying could happen. You know, another 2008, another dot-com bubble. Honestly, another Great Depression. 
style kind of loss. No. You are negative. I'm. I need to get back to my happy talk. Stop this. I want to go back to talking negative. About- you know, like you say, just realistic. These are the things we're seeing. Obviously, nobody's feeling any of these, but this is the kind of stuff going on in the background. So, I mean, uh, what do we say all the time? Be prepared, not scared. I already told you, I, if the market drops 90% tomorrow, I don't care because of how I've diversified my money. You know, I'm waiting for opportunities and I don't see opportunities right now. So I'm cash heavy and I'm waiting. Hard assets, I believe in anything you own and believe in getting out of debt. So none of this stuff truly matters, but it's, more people than not out there don't subscribe to our approach to this. A lot of people are subject that if the market drops 40-50%, you know, your lifestyle changes. And mine does not. So we would love to help get people to a point where their lifestyle is not dictated by the market because Jeff Bezos just said, the market can do whatever it's want because it's not based in reality. It doesn't matter how great my company is. The stock's, you know, a tenth of the price that it should have been. That's my spiel. That's what I wanted to say about Jeff Bezos. So of all the billionaire and trillionaires out there, I do have kind of a greater respect for him and some of the things he's, I've heard him say. He's one of your faves. He's your BFF of billionaires. Well, he's also just a short, bald white guy like me. So, I mean, just kind of stick together. <laughs> yeah. And I like Warren Buffett because I like his girth. So um, I told you about, right, meeting Warren Buffett at Piccolo Pete's and I asked if I could pet him. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you know, your point about things changing and, and would it affect people if the market tanks, we are taught that there's rules, you know, we are taught what to do and it's, well, not in high school, certainly, you know, rarely even in college, unless you focus in on business and economics. So we, we are just passed down generationally to do your 401k, all this stuff. You know, when I was a kid, you had a pension, you, you only had to work 20 years and then you had a nice dinner you got a gold watch and you rode off into the sunset. You're working at GM. You know, you got 90% of your salary for life. Whatever, those poor people. You know, we haven't talked about Detroit in a long time. Are they still bankrupt? Are people getting all their money yet? But anyway, um, yeah, most people are going to be adversely affected if things come up. You know, you and I try to tell people all the time, understand what you have. Next to your health, your money's pretty important. So if things change the way we think they're going to change, a lot of people are probably going to lose a lot of money. And then here come the advisors. Oh, don't panic. It's only a paper loss. You know my take on that. You know, you just had a 15-year run-up in the market. Where are the same advisors saying you made all this money? It's only a paper gain. Let's take some off the table. Let's buy hard assets. Let's pay down debt. You know, let's do fixed products so we secure what we have. No, they don't do that. You know, like you said, you know, my name is Ken and I'm different because when you make more money, I make more money. Or was that true? So when you lose me money, do you waive your fees? Well, no, that's not how it works. You know, the, the whole financial services industry, give me money, move money. When you're done moving money, what should you do after that? Move more money. That's what the whole thing is about. I get, I get excited about that. You know, our, our thing, if you have an old 401k and it's just sitting there, let us look at your statement with you. Let's help you figure out what your risks are. Let's help you figure out what your fees are. Well, JR. Isn't that you're going to try to move money? Well, heck yeah. I'm in the financial services industry. If it betters your situation and we can help you and nobody has tried to help you, yes, win-win. So yes, we are going to try to help you if it's right. If it's not right, we're not. You know, my old thing, I, I used to deal with a lot of variable annuities. I'm sad to say this, but 20 plus years ago, I was trained 
and I was licensed and I was out there selling variable annuities after I realized that I could do better for people with less risk and less fees. I kind of switched to a model where we used a fixed annuity and some mutual funds and we, we bettered the situations. So, but once in a while we run into some of the variable annuity, we've got a very, very simple procedure. We love to have you sit at the table with your statement. We call the 800 number for the company on speakerphone with you there. You you say it's okay to talk to us. We're going to ask your name, date of birth, social. You say it's okay to talk to us. We know what questions to ask. So we sit there with our yellow pad and our pen. We ask, what are your M&E fees? We ask, you know, how is this rebalanced? We ask, is there an income rider? You know, what are the sub-account fees? We have all these questions that we ask. By the time we're done asking these questions, you know whether or not what you have is appropriate for you. You know, Anthony, our big pet peeve over the years, we've noticed that people have products. They generally do not have a plan. So even if we can't do anything for you, we can at least help you make sure you have a plan. And, you know, when you talk about things getting sketchy, if money goes down, people usually freeze. If it's down 10%, I kind of think, I mean, if you have $200,000 and it's down 10%, which you need to have that kind of risk tolerance or you shouldn't be in securities, that's $20,000. You literally are down by two air conditioners. You're down by a decent motorcycle. You're down some money. Well, don't panic. It's only a paper loss. You know, if you get another 2008 and you're down 40%, Think about that for a second. 40% of that $200,000, I'm not with math and numbers, and I'm not about to take my shoes off, but it's a lot of money. And you need to make sure that you are ready in advance of that happening, not after it happens. And that's why we're here. You know, we, even if this world, all the stuff we bring you, if nothing happens, if if I'm right, but it's not for 20 years, you know, we do still have to get back to Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. There are changes on the horizon, even if we don't go to a central bank digital currency, if we don't turn into France and have rioting everywhere, we still have to deal with a lot of stuff that's going to be stressed. You know, we do have $32 trillion in debt as a country. You know, I believe last week we brought up how many minutes ago or seconds ago it was, you know, for a trillion. It's just shocking. So, and you know, when you look at financial advisors, my thing is, are, we are all sales people. You can find the best financial advisor on the planet. And if they work for Schwab or for Wells Fargo Financial Advisors, they're sitting there in their corner office opening up fake accounts. If if you find a financial advisor, you know, we're in sales because they could be the most honest advisor on the planet. If they don't move your money, they're going to have a new job in three months or six months. It's, it's about pressure and quotas and all that stuff. You know, you talk about fiduciaries. If you are not fully independent, if you work for a company, you how can you be a fiduciary? Because if you can only sell whatever, Prudential, New York Life, MetLife, whatever, how can you be fully independent and do us right for people? But here nor there, we are in sales. You know what else we're in? Because to make sales, you have to be a psychologist. So we are in psychology. We are in sales. We are in a bunch of different industries in one. And you know what I would say? If your advisor seems to be a little heavier on the sales than the psychology, get a second opinion. Usually doesn't cost you anything. We love it when people have a second or third opinion and they end up talking to us because we, we give them the whole story. And it, it's just funny how you, you you know, I would say 80, 85% of all the plans we see, Anthony, we have questions on them. We're, we're like, do you understand this? Do you know why you have this? Do you know why you're doing this? And people just don't. And I and I get it. 
I mean, it's good for us. We'll always have a job, you know, until artificial intelligence gets here. And then I don't know what we'll do. Did you hear that? The Elvis doing Baby Got Back? Have you heard that one? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize what that was. That was an AI thing. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, deep that's... Snake. I don't know. You're not going to be able to trust anything anymore. I already don't trust anything. And I'm, oh, it's going to get worse. And I think, I think about that too, talking about AI replacing our jobs. But it's like, well, if AI is, if everybody's using AI to manipulate the market and to invest and to only win, isn't all AI kind of intertwined together? That means it would have to pick and choose for someone to lose because there's no real way for everybody to win at once, is there? I mean, but how does that work? So do you think, because yeah, I think about that, right? You you joked about when your dad came into the office or when you came into the office with your dad, you know, the thought of being replaced by computers. And we've come to find out that computers can give you information, but it can't give you advice. So we think we'll continue to have jobs. But do you think AI could get to the point where that replaces financial advisors? Um, the You know, my thought on that is it depends who's controlling the AI. I mean, if, well, AI is yeah. controlling the AI. Yeah, but who's, whose AI is it? Is it the government unleashing it? Is it Bill Gates? Who is unleashing the AI? Well, that's so that's, I don't know. That's adding a uh, a uh, spin to it. But let's say it's yeah. a mistake of AI. I mean, the whole point is that it's artificial intelligence that's running its own. It's creating its own connecting ideas and thoughts. I get that there are other people developing AI and there could be agendas, but let's say for the sake of argument, there's no agenda. It's AI for the sake of AI. Do you do you see that replacing our jobs? Because I don't, because it would essentially give everybody the same advice. Because I don't know how it couldn't. I'm excited. That's like utopia. We're all going to win. We're all going to buy overstock.com stock and win. I mean, I, you know, it's such a heavy topic and subject. I, I, I'm scared of it. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't fully understand it. I don't fully understand how it's going to be used two years out, five years out, 10 years out. You know, I, I mean, and I'm, I'm just about to use our office calendar. So I definitely don't expect you to understand AI. That is correct. And you know what? I do that just to make, I do that just because it gets a rise out of you. I, I know my way around a calendar. I know what I'm doing. I'm still using the Mayan calendar, though, so I thought we were going to get listening on our website, anothermoneyshow.com. You can book an appointment straight from the website, which links through Calendarly, which looks at our schedule and uh, says whether or not we're available. It's a beautiful thing. It, and I'm sure you, you know can understand it. Good. JR does not. I do. I understand it fully. So do you know who we want to come in? You know, something I've been thinking about a lot lately, you know, when we talk about traditional financial planning. Do you have a pension? I mean, obviously, things are going to cost more. They're going to reduce our Social Security. You know, they're, they're going to raise taxes. All of the stuff that we all know that's coming, it's coming. You know, we're stuck with our head in the sand. We're stuck because of normalcy bias. But, you know, anybody that's awake, anybody that's thinking knows it's coming. How do we help you get around it? I mean, if you have a pension, good. I mean, that's a good thing. They're going away. You know, every decade there's less pensions. But in even that, you still have to be aware of your surroundings because they can reduce pensions. You know, look at United Airlines. Look at GM. I mean, pensions can be changed. But if you have a pension, at least you have some income for the time being. 
if you don't have a pension, you better talk to us or somebody like us. You you need to have an alternative. You know, I mean, what what is our answer? We love income. You can never outlive. There are companies that are solid, that have guarantees and reserves that can help you do that. And it's funny because if all you've ever done is listen to Susie Orman, listen to Jim Cramer, you know, whomever, and, and you've gotten it in your head that annuities are evil. I have news for you. There's good and bad annuities. It's kind of like everything. There's pros and cons to everything. If done properly and done in your best interest, I think annuities are the single best financial vehicle that has ever come about. You know, if you take $100,000 and you put it into a CD because you want to be safe or a money market and the banks have a problem, you now have a problem. The problem leaves the banks and becomes your problem. If you put your money in the stock market, you do your, you're a genius. So you do your 60-40 split and everything's going well. And all of a sudden another 2008 comes up or March of 2020 or pretty much a 2022, you are in a little bit of trouble. If you go into an insurance company, into a fixed product, you don't lose any of that $100,000. Did you know that nobody has ever lost a dime in an insurance company? It's interesting when you look into this, there have been some companies that bigger companies take over smaller companies. There have been some changes. So, but, and we want to make sure that people understand the whole picture between, 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 between that we, we want you to understand lifelong income, how it can be possible. What are the pros? What are the cons? We talk about laddering out money all the time. We do need to make sure your income level is such that you can get by. You have an emergency fund. You've paid down your debt. You have short-term money. You've got your vacation fund. You know, we we ladder money out for a reason. So if but you when have we get to the money, because I I think we missed this point when you were going through that, is a lot of people. It's wonderful to have a pension. Absolutely great. We prefer pensions. We want everybody to have a pension. But say you're at an employer that does have a pension you're at the beckon of that financial strength of that institute. Um, because if you have a pension and you turn it on and that goes under, you're losing your pension. Now, there is the public benefit guarantee fund corporation out there, which is like the FDIC for pensions. But that's still not going to guarantee you every penny. You could lose that. So what we love people to do is if they're offering you a lump sum or a pension with the company, Sometimes we can move that lump sum value and find you an even stronger pension with a company that you control and you can make more money and that's your own account. You're not at the whim of this group plan anymore. And if you have old 401ks and you said, well, I, I'm never going to work a job that has a pension. Um, I'm only going to have 401ks for as, you know, probably as long as I live. Well, you can turn those 401ks into a pension. You can self-fund pensions yourself. And I don't know if a lot of people know that. But if you do already have a pension, it is definitely worth looking at taking the lump sum value. Because not in every situation, I wouldn't say every single one, it's better to move it. But we've seen quite a few cases where they can move it and make more money. So not only is it safer, it's an account that you own, but you make more money. I mean, that's win-win. Excellent. Excellent point. You know, and a lot of what we do too, people have a pension. They also have other monies. We make sure that we look at what optimizes their situation. You may want to have your, your company pension that's already started and then start your own pension. 
I mean, you know, multiple sources of income is huge. You know, when you think about whatever you have in your 401k, you think about what Social Security is going to do for you. You have to look at it like taxes are going to be higher. You know, the cost of living is going to be higher. You know, what what are you going to do to make sure you you keep pace with it? And that's what we try to do every day. You know, we, we look at what we're talking to people about. You know, right now, the banks, they've been bleeding. You know, the media stopped talking about it. So we assume nothing's wrong anymore. But there's still a bunch of people taking a bunch of money out of the banks. I just read an article. It might have come from Michael C. And it, it basically said how many trillions are being put in the banks right now. And I'm like, what? So I get to the article a little further. Yeah, it's government money. It's it's more like bailout money from the government going into the banks. And the banks are borrowing money. And there's the repo market. And there's all this shenanigans going on with the banks. But the stuff with the banks, I mean, people are like, well, I need my money to be safe. Also, now the interest rates are the highest they've seen in 50 years. <laughs> 50 years. In 15 years. So they're doing CDs. We have alternatives. We have things that work like a CD, but they're with an insurance company. You know, people think insurance company. They think, you know, uh, United Healthcare and Aetna. Well, those are health insurance companies. Then they think about home and auto, property and casualty, State Farm, Farmers, USAA. You know, there there's huge money management with insurance companies. And we have these things called multi-year guaranteed annuities. You can go as low as one year. You know, and by the way, we had nothing shorter than three years until about a year ago. So with all this rate raising, we've actually got ultra short term, these MIGAs. You know, we're we're getting I you know, today is Wednesday, July fifth, and we have a rate right now for one year that's what, Anthony, over four percent for a one year product. It in the rate is good. We want you to make good interest. We get that. The biggest thing is we want you to make sure you know you are potentially much safer with an insurance company than you are at a financial institution like a bank or a credit union. So you should sit, I guess where all this comes down, you should sit down with us and get a second opinion. That's what you should do. Like we said, that's how we stay in business and we would love to stay in business, but we will also be honest and tell you if you should not give us your business, if you should pay down debt, if you should stockpile hard assets, if you should buy a tower garden, stock up food, water, all that fun stuff. Um, but I guess I guess that's it for today's show. I mean, we appreciate you being here. Yeah, that one went pretty quickly. We had some moments. Started off slow, I think. I don't know. We're recovering from a holiday weekend, just like you guys, too. You know, we're, we're just people after all. So, anyways, that's all we have for you today. If you like what you heard, you have questions on anything, please reach out, team at anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on the web, anothermoneyshow.com. Listen to past episodes wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts. Check out our clips on YouTube. Uh, Doug is doing a fantastic job with those. He makes us look intelligent. There's a lot of cutting and pasting and editing, but he makes us seem much better than we are. So definitely start there. Um, like we said, um, there's no there's no cost for appointments. There's no minimums to sit down with us. In fact, if you don't have enough money to invest, you probably need to sit down with an advisor even more than those that do uh, to put a plan together. So um, there's nothing to lose by getting a second opinion. Um, we would love for you to reach out. And in the meantime, until then, uh, we will see you right here next Saturday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. 
You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor. BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer.